edition of the Pie Bomb Wrestling Podcast, the show that is for the fans, by the fans. I am your phenomenal host, Mr. Podcasting, Chris Belcher. You can follow me at Chris Belcher 24 on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. The show is at PBW Podcast. Give us a follow on there. We would appreciate it. Back in person again, Mr. Andy York, the young buck. Here we are. Took a week off from being a person, or a day, I a guess. day, an episode, an episode. Yeah, we took That's an right. episode off just because it was easier to do that one on the fly, like we did. It than was getting person. But. It was. So if you haven't gone back and checked out our bonus episode from last Tuesday, Mr. Jared Justice joined us. We talked all about Survivor Series. Yep. Know we typically do that on our Friday show, but we dropped a little, uh, dropped a little early bonus show for you. So we're not going to talk any Survivor Series on this show. So make sure you go back and check out Tuesdays. And Andy, like you said, the intro of that podcast, those are always so much fun. Oh, they're a blast. They're you never know what's going to be said, and they're a train wreck. But they're the most they're they're like they're like an AEW six man pay per view no holds barred tag match. They're a train wreck that you just can't look away from, and you look forward to every single time. That's true. <laughs> uh, I laughed out loud just as hard when I went back and listened to the Survivor Series review with Jared's joke about the 76-year-old woman. Yes. I laughed just as hard when I listened yes. to it the second time. Yeah. So, <laughs> for those of you who might be clueless <laughs> as to what I'm talking about, go back and listen to it, or don't. I mean, whatever. Um, <laughs> miss out on the fun. Miss out on the fun, that's right. But go back and check it out. A lot of fun. Uh, we reviewed Survivor Series with Jared. Um, also, make sure you go back and check out our PBWF episodes every Tuesday. Uh, episode, or sorry, week 18. Is on its way out this coming Tuesday. So we are headed towards the end. Uh, we announced plans on there about pay-per-view number six. Yep. So make sure you're checking that out so that you know what's coming in the future for the PBWF. Also, make sure you subscribe wherever you find your podcast and on the Body Sun.net YouTube channel. And you're supporting Tom and the guys over at Sportswire Radio, uh, incredible partners that we have. And we want to make sure you support them as well. Also, a uh, special announcement for today, Andy, we are going to uh, end season three due to the holidays. Yep. So we've got two more episodes coming your way. Um, what those are going to be are our year end awards. We did that last year and we decided that was a lot of fun. So we're going to do it again. Uh, we are going to split AEW and WWE so we can give time for both. So AEW will, I'm sorry, WWE will be next week. Mm -hmm. So that will be on the December the 9th, December the 16th. We will give our year end awards for AEW. And then that'll be the end of season three. And then we will pick back up on January. I'm looking for the date. January the 13th will be your next. I'm sorry. No, January the 6th yep. will be your next current product episode so season four can't believe that's a real thing man <laughs> season four will begin on january the 6th yep and if you're a listener of the pbwf uh your last pbwf uh, sorry we will be continuing pbwf our pay-per-view will air on december the 27th it's my birthday that is your birthday happy birthday on the pay-per-view <laughs> December 27th, we are our pay-per-view. We will not have an episode on January the 3rd, again, due to the holidays. Right. And then week 21, the first week in the final month of season one of the PBWF will be on January the 10th. Lots of dates. Mark your calendar. Yeah, and I can't believe 
first off, I can't believe we've done a hundred episodes in season three. I think, I think I've been on like when I when we both started doing this full time. I think it was at the beginning of season three. It was it was tail end of season two, I think. Yeah, and then yeah, season three. It yeah. Uh, yeah. So like, I I can't believe we've been doing this for like a hundred episodes. Like that's that's insane. Yep. To me, and then also like I can't believe we're already at the end of the first season of PBWF. So like. Time goes by really fast. It goes by very, very, very fast. But we're having a blast while we're doing it. So, again, we are we're having an absolute blast. We really are. So, market calendars. January the tenth will begin month number six, and then February the seventh. Not to throw another date at you. February the seventh <laughs> will be the final pay per view of season one yep. and then following that i'm sure we'll do a review show yep. and then we'll we'll figure all that out later so uh just so you know january the third we will not have a pbwf episode december the 9th will be our year-end review of wwe and december the 16th will be our year-end review of aew yep. the 23rd and the 30th we will not have episodes and we will start back january the 6th and if that's not enough for you, may have a special guest coming on next week possibly to help us out with some year in review. More on that, follow our social media at PBW Podcast on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Now, let's get to it. We covered a whole lot of WWE stuff on Tuesday. So uh, we're going to uh, we're gonna pivot to AEW. We've got a lot of AEW coming up, or we missed last week. Yep. Because of the Survivor Series review and all that kind of stuff. Uh, sorry, preview. So we missed last week. We're going to catch you up on last week and this past week. And we couldn't do that without starting with William Regal. And all of the craziness <laughs> that is going on with William Regal. Man, we wondered after watching Full Gear, he turns on Mox. What's going to happen? How is all this going to shake out? MJF wasn't on Dynamite last week. Right. And Regal came out and cut a promo. Yep. And we had the, the confrontation with Mox and with Brian. Mox told him to go away and never come back. Yep. Then this week, the turn happens. Yep. You don't make a deal with the devil. MJF turns on Regal and Brian comes out to try to make the save. Before we dive into all of the online rumor and innuendo about Regal and his contract, because trust me, we're going to get there. Yep. Just this situation as a whole, the last two weeks on the surface, what's been your thoughts? I've enjoyed it. I've honestly loved every second of it because I, I think it's really interesting to me that Regal would, it makes sense for me that Regal would turn on Moxley to join MJF and they would have that conversation because they, they are absolutely two guys with the same mindset when it comes to wrestling. I feel like MJF and Regal. And so they, I feel like it's smart that they would come together. And then also, I think it's brilliant that MJF was like, "You don't make a deal with the devil," and turned on the turned on him like the next week because none of us thought if MJF was going to turn on Regal that it would be that quickly, that soon, right? And so that was that was brilliant. You could hear the crowd's reaction when he hit him when when MJF hit Regal. They were like, "Wait, what? We just got together. What is happening right now?" So that I thought the way that they've handled it and they've executed it the last couple of weeks, I thought was really fantastic. See, I'm the opposite. Like, if Regal's going to turn on these guys, mm -hmm. let's let's throw the contract situation out of the way. 
because I think that's thrown a real wrinkle into all Probably. this. Let's throw that out of the way, though. In my head, it it would not make sense for Regal to turn, and then immediately MJF turns on Regal. Then what do you do with Regal at that point? You right. Know? Like I feel like storyline wise, it just doesn't make sense. I don't know. I guess I, I know you don't need a talker for MJF clearly, but I I just I, I, think, I don't know. I don't think this turn would have happened though without the contract stuff. Like I, I think this turn was because of what's about to happen with with Regal. Right. Um. But then again, for MJF, it, to me, it makes sense for MJF to do this because of the whole promo he cut on on Regal a couple weeks ago, saying, "You told me I wasn't good enough. Mm. You told me that I wasn't this, and now." Yeah, you can ride my coattails, and then he gets the turn. Like then he turns on him and says, "No, no, 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 no! I, I never. The devil never forgets. Right. Like I never forgot what you did to me. Mm. To me, that aspect of it makes sense. Right? Not for Regal, but for MJF, it makes total sense for him to be like to use Regal to get the title, and then be like, I don't need you. Like right. I used you. Like you used me for years. Let me turn on you now. Like that. To me, that makes more sense than anything else. I get that. I do. I just. It's just a lot of. A lot of swerves. I hate to I hate yeah. to say it that way. Yeah, it just feels like it's just a lot. You it know? Is, yeah, and again though, I think if the contract situation wasn't what it was, right? I don't think we would. I think we would have waited a little bit for that. Full discretion. Nobody sitting at this table, or probably listening to this podcast, knows what the contract situation no. is. We don't know. No. All we know is what's been rumored online, and that is that William Regal. Signed a three-year deal yep. with AEW, but he has an out clause yep. that would get him out in December. The beginning of December. The beginning of December. Yeah, which is now. Which is right now. <laughs> so, that's the, that's the story. Yeah. It would make sense, like you said, with this angle and, you know, everything that's happening. Yeah. Triple H adding fuel to the fire. Oh, yes, he did. <laughs> he knew what he was doing when he, when he did that. See, I, 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 know. I think you're right. But I also think at the same time, the tweet can also be taken as pure nostalgia. Oh, absolutely. absolutely. That Regal's a huge part of war games right. and that kind of thing. Yeah. So it may have been a shot. I lean more on the side of, that it wasn't. I don't think it was a shot. I think it was just, I think it was a nice little wink to Regal to be like, I think it was like, yes, you can't really have a war games in WWE right now without William Regal yelling war games. Like that's just you. Right. You, even in the PBWF, when you did it, you had to, you used Regal to, to announce you were doing war. Games. Right. So like that, to me, that makes sense. But also I think Triple H is smart enough to be like, he wants Regal. Sure he does. He if you watch Absolutely if you watch does. NXT at all when Triple H was in charge, Regal to me Regal was the most uh, consistent and the best part of one of the best parts of NXT right. is how they handled him in NXT. So he obviously wants Regal. And I think that was like a little yeah, nostalgia, but also Regal, you know. Right. Come back and play with us cuz we're going to have some fun now that I'm in charge. Are you good? Are you good with him going back to WWE? Absolutely. A thousand percent. Do you think, are you saying that because of what he did in NXT or because there's not a place for him in AEW? No, no, no. I think there's a place for him in AEW. I just, I feel like it's one of those, um, 
I feel the same way about Adam Cole in AEW. Like mm. Adam Cole being in AEW, I'm totally fine with. But him under Triple H's regime in WWE. Right. Then again, though, I said the same thing about Johnny Gargano, and you know, we've seen that that's not been. Hey, the best I, thing. I will say this. I know we're we're kind of punting on WWE content for for this episode, but I will say this: we talked a little. We've talked a lot about Johnny and Miz yeah. and all that last couple weeks, whatever. I will say this: at least Johnny's been on TV every week since he's come yeah, back. Yeah, absolutely. Multiple times. Multiple times. Sometimes for good, sometimes not for good. Exactly. <laughs> but at least he's on TV yeah, yeah, yeah. every single week. Yeah. And, you know, and for AEW's credit, I mean, Adam Cole's injured right now. And, Absolutely. And he, can't, he can't. He can't do anything. Right. So, uh, you know, it's, it's just one of those we're not going to know until he comes back completely. But with Regal, I think Regal can – I think you can replace Adam Pierce's role that he's been doing, throw Regal in to both main roster shows and – Boom. Like it feels it feels it feels bigger instantly because Regal's the one being in charge. I mean, Regal being the one dealing with Paul Heyman and Roman Reigns feels feels perfect, yep. in my opinion. Regal dealing with Seth Rollins, Regal dealing with the mid like all of it seems to make sense to me more than Adam Pierce. And you know, I think what he was doing with AEW, I mean, I said it for the whole year he was there. Regal being a part of Blackpool Combat Club made Blackpool Combat yes. Club 10 times better. Yep. Like they were good before he joined. After he joined, it was like a match made in heaven. Sure. But Regal just fits that Triple H mold in WWE yep. perfectly. Yep. And I think so that's that's why I'm I'm totally fine with it. If he went back to WWE, if he stays in AEW, I'm going to be happy. If he goes to, uh, to WWE, I'm going to be happy as well. So that's what the future is for Regal, which again is very uncertain. We don't know. He can like, show up tonight on SmackDown. <laughs> there's speculation that he's going to show back up in WWE, and there's we don't know. Right. He could be staying in AEW. It seems like he's going to WWE since AEW seemingly wrote him off. I will say this: I'm glad that he came back this past week yep. so that MJF can turn because if last week would have been the write-off with Moxley just saying leave and never come back, yeah, I think that's cheap. Yeah. And that would have been horrible. Yeah. And it, and it, Regal is absolutely one of those guys. He's always been, I feel like, in his career. He's not going to leave something undone. No. And he's not going to leave without making someone feel, without elevating someone. Sure. And the Moxley promo doesn't really elevate Moxley. But MJF turning on, on Regal. MJF yep. already was a hated man. Now he turned on Regal. And it's the, the he's going to be even nuclear now. Right. For sure. Uh, so that's what it is for Regal. We don't know. But let's talk about what it is for AEW and for the World Heavyweight Championship specifically. Uh, Ricky Starks, we saw last week win the World Title Eliminator Tournament. Yep. He's going to take on MJF at Winter is Coming. Okay, that's fine. And maybe you're building to this later. But wouldn't it make sense for MJF's first challenger to now be Brian after the whole Regal thing? Um. Yeah, but I feel like we're I mean we're we're probably building to that at some point. I just feel like Revolution, I mean if you, maybe probably because if you're going to have the tournament, you got to you got to fulfill the tournament I obligation. Think, and so yeah. and I feel to me obviously Brian Danielson would be a great first opponent for MJF. But I feel like he you want to have him have one defense under his belt before he gets to Danielson. Mm. Ricky Starks is the perfect guy for that. Just two if you count the dynamite diamond ring deal that they're doing next week, which yeah, yeah, yeah. counts the same as the chip and yeah, you know, whatever. Right. But I I feel like getting one or two defense unders, but before someone like Danielson comes in, it just adds to MJF even more. Plus, 
gives Ricky Stark, who the fans have been dying to get a shot for a long sure. time, gives him that chance, the opportunity. And then we're building to probably Moxley and Danielson, or not Moxley and Danielson, uh, MJF and Danielson at Revolution right. whenever it comes up. Because we're also building to Moxley and Page, which I, yes, yep. <laughs> I'm here for. Clearly, we saw Adam Page come back and he and Moxley just beating the snot out of each other. Man, we've said this so many times on this podcast and nobody's listening. <laughs> John Moxley needs to take a freaking vacation. He may, he may just not want to. Bro. He's addicted to it. Go. He's addicted to it. Take, he loves it. Take two months off. Take a month off. Like I w- something. I will say this. I agree. He needs it. Like the dude just, he's worked so hard the last two years in AEW. Yeah. But it just, AEW feels kind of back to where it was before all the injury bug happened with Omega and with Moxley and with Paige and with everybody. Like everybody seems to be back now. Except for Adam Cole. Except for Adam Cole. But, right. you know, but everyone, all the major players other than Cole are finally back. The, major, punk, the major players are in AEW. You know what I'm talking what about. You... They're not good enough for AEW. I'm just playing. Clearly um, they're not. <laughs> but, like, all the big-time factors in AEW are back. Right. And so now we're starting to see these heavy feuds like a Moxley Page going at it, right. Daniels and MJF going at it. Um, so it's just going to be really interesting to see where we're going from here. Right. Yeah, we will see. Um and we'll see with Hangman and with Mox and now, you know, like we mentioned, Ricky Starks and Brian and whoever wins the, you know, Ethan Page seemingly um, basically calling his shot for the, the Dynamite Diamond Ring. Let's talk about somebody else who returned, and that's not just one return. That was three returns last week. The House of Four. Black. Four. That's right. Julia Hart. <laughs> I always forget about her. Making their return. On Dynamite, that crowd went wild when they showed up. They have been building the return to them fantastic. Yep. Those video packages they've been doing have been, like, they've, they've done a great job with that. Everybody loves Malachi Black. Yep. Like, whether he's in WWE or AEW, the NXT crowd loved Aleister Black. He was one of the, re- like, he was one of the best things about NXT during that heyday. Right. He's one of the best things about AEW. When he, I, the pop was just as big when he, debuted right as it was when he just returned here recently the crowd the crowd went crazy for it it's true and uh yeah i i'm excited that they're back and i hope round two goes a little better than round one because round one was a little rough (laughs) round one started out great and then we sort of fell off and then we tried to catch our momentum and it just didn't work round one started off great for the first two rounds and then we had the third match with cody and cody won and we're like oh what are we (laughs) what are we what are we doing here now and then it just kind of the cody effect was very bad at that point and it kind of spiraled from that point on but you know I, i feel like I'm not saying Malachi Black needs to be in the world title picture. Absolutely, he could be at some point, and I'm I'm, be. I'm I'm fine with that. Um, but going after, you know, he can go after the elite now. They can go after Death Triangle again. They oh, can, you better believe that whoever wins this best of seven series, the next opponent is House, House of Black, Black yeah. for yeah. sure. Which we haven't really seen the elite versus House of Black, and that would be fun. That would, <laughs> that be, would a, be very fun. That would be a blast. Let's talk about that. The best of seven. We saw match two. And match three yep. uh, last week, and then this past episode uh, with the Death Triangle leading two to one. I'm glad they clarified the title situation. That was yep. a question that we had. Yep. They clarified that. 
Let's talk about the Chicago show first. <laughs> Let's talk Amazing. about the heat that the elite got. Man, I'm fine with them mocking Punk. Yeah. I, I'm totally fine with them because we knew it was going to happen. Oh, absolutely. What I thought was a bit much was the biting spot. I thought it was too much. I, I didn't for the fact that we don't know still what exactly happened. I know, night. I know. But and you know what? I, if you're going to get heat, you're, if you're going to mock them, I go guess. full throttle with I it. Guess. Um, I guess. I popped hard for the buckshot lariat spot when Matt Jackson Oh, yeah, fell. that was great. Yes. I, I died when that happened. That was I hilarious. was dying when that happened. But I, I got to tell you, <laughs> I'm putting my conspiracy, this is my conspiracy hat on. Uh-oh, here we go. I'm not shocked if Punk comes back at this point. I think this might. I, I think there was an altercation that happened. Yep. Maybe even to the extent that it was portrayed to us yep. but if they are playing into it this much I, there there is too much money on the table right now for a punk omega feud that aw would be dumb not to just say one more match let's just do this let's both everybody make money and then if you want to leave you can leave but i feel like punk may come back at some point you're probably right and but but for re- I, the reasons that i think are different than what you just laid out i th- well let me be careful what I say here. <laughs> I th- I think what you laid out is absolutely correct. I think there's money on the table. Fans would eat it up. Absolutely. Especially what, if it happened in Chicago. What's real, what's yep. not, yada, 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 whatever. Like, that's a money personal feud now. But, and CM Punk's been known to do business with people that he personally doesn't like. Yep. Like, that, we've done all that, yep. okay? So, I think he could put his business hat on. I think the Bucks and Omega could put their business hat on. Why I think he's coming back, and I've said this all along. I, I have always thought he's coming back. Yeah, is I don't think Tony Khan has the guts to fire him. Well, if there's money on the table right now, why would you? I just because what he did was, he literally has had all these people uh-huh. who can't stand him in the locker room. Right. He caused whatever happened happened. Now I'm not saying the Bucks and Kenny are innocent. Right. We, right. We've rehashed we, that yeah, all that. Yeah, yeah, We've yeah. talked about that. But CM Punk has been the center focus of controversy everywhere that he goes. Yep. But I also think Tony Khan's a fanboy, and he doesn't have the guts to fire him. What are the chances that we were a thousand percent worked in all of this? Pretty good. Because I, I heard somebody say it, and I didn't think I didn't believe it until they started re, like hashing it out. I was like, that kind of makes sense. What if Punk realized after the match he was injured? Yeah. Went to Tony and said, "All right, at this press conference, I'm just going to." Go after everybody. You can fire. You can suspend me until I come back in January or whatever for injury, and then, boom! Big surprise return. Here we go. Yeah, maybe. there's a chance. I don't think it's true. I don't think it happens. See, that I don't either. I think I think just about every angle in wrestling you can sit and dissect and be like, oh, this could just all be you know whatever. Montreal screw job. <laughs> I still think there's a real good chance that was a work. I'm just who's Kevin Nash says it's a thousand. Scott Hall, Scott Hall said it was a thousand percent of work. Yep. Scott Hall and his reasoning is absolutely it made sense. Dead on. <laughs> made sense. Anyway, beside the point. So yes, yeah. there's a good chance this is all the work. I also, I but I lean towards it not being because controversy seems to follow CM Punk and oh, absolutely. It just but then again that uh, mindset of say yeah, there's always a controversy with me. So why don't we just play into it? Right, like that. That's true. I mean, that to me, and that let's not tell anybody in the locker room. It's just between me and you and the elite. 
right. you can suspend the elite. You can suspend us. We can we you know we can go this way. Fire a steel. He's got other stuff he wants to do. Blah blah whatever. Like I I'm not saying that's going to happen. I don't. Right. I'm not even saying that is what happened. I think there's like less than a five percent chance that that's right. What took place. But boy, if that happened, that might be the greatest work of all time. Well, yes. And while I agree, while I can see where you come from, the pushback that I just thought of that that came to me is you are crowning the first trios tag oh, team champions yeah. at the pay per view. Yeah. Why would you immediately take that away? I mean, there were some rumors that Kenny also had some underlying injuries, like, injuries yep. that he needed some time to still heal from because he That's wasn't true. fully 100. percent So That's I mean, it, I'm not saying I'm not. I'm just saying that there are some indications to point that this could be a work. Sure. I still think the altercation was real. I still think it fully happened. Right. We will never know. Right. What happened? That never. Time. Never. Just like we'll never know the Montreal screw job. No matter how many exactly. people talk about exactly. it. Exactly. We'll we will never know what happens. It'll, it'll go down probably as the second biggest controversy in wrestling, one of the biggest controversies in wrestling history right. behind Montreal Screwjob this. So I, we're never going to know what happens, but I'm telling you, I'm not going to be shocked oh, no. next time we're in Chicago in AEW, which is like every month. And punk rolls punk around. Punk rolls around. Yeah, for sure. Even at, the, even at the end of this, I could see Death Triangle winning, still being tag champ, or being the tri- uh, trio's champ. Here comes Punk. Here comes FTR. Right. Or they they are the champs, and here comes Punk and FTR after those titles. One right. and two. Because Dax Harwood just did an interview with um, Sean Ross Sapp, yep. and they talked about the Punk thing, and he said, look, Punk always had his door open. Punk yep. watched matches that people asked him to watch, gave good feedback. He's, he loves wrestling. So there aren't as many anti-Punk people in the locker room as we might, as think. We might think. Just the vocal I might be that. anti-Punk. Chris Jericho. Anyway, he's never like punk. He's never like Sam Punk. That's right. Um, speaking of House of Black, I can't believe I forgot to mention this, and I sincerely apologize. Coming back last week, our boy Rosario Grillo yeah. gets some AEW yeah. Dynamite time. Yes, sir, he is. Look at that. Yes, sir. Taking a big boot from Malachi Black in his gear and everything. It's not like he was like a quote unquote security guard yeah. or whatever. No, it was him coming out. That was yep. that was sweet. That was sweet. I popped big. I, I did too. That was I did great. Too. Um, all right, let's move on. Let's talk about somebody else who's been injured and been at the center of controversy with some championships. Thunder Rosa, um, who we found out we speculated on this podcast about what was going to happen with you know who was going to win and yep. you know how Thunder Rosa played into all that. And we found out last week that Thunder Rosa has officially relinquished the championship. Tony Storm's reign was not considered interim anymore. She was champ. And now Jamie Hayter is the actual champ. Interesting. Very interesting. I don't know. I don't know if it was a legit injury or if if she's just kind of was taking some time, whatever yep. the case is. I'm glad we're not doing the interim stuff anymore. Yep. Like it's been too long at this point to continue. At least with the like when Punk got hurt and we did the interim thing with john moxley it was only a couple months right i feel i feel like thunder roses has been a lot longer yep. than than what we did with that so it makes sense um i'm glad that we are kind of like jamie hater or tony storm was not entering champ she is champ i wish we would have said that kind of earlier yes but, i agree but they may not have worked something out until the pay-per-view and then it made sense for them to wait until after the pay-per-view to do it with, with jamie hater right um i'm glad we got rid of the interim though i don't know what the case is with thunder rosa She's another one of those that controversy seems to follow. And which I don't, 
Like, I don't see that when I look at Thunder Rosa. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't, I'm not saying that it's not possible. And I don't know all the ins and outs of, you know, all of Thunder Rosa's mishaps, right? And controversies and all that. I just, I'm not saying when I look at CM Punk, I see controversy. We just, he's kind of known for that. But when I look at Thunder Rosa, like, that's, that's not what I see. But yeah, you know, I mean, you never know. You sure. never, the, you, Honestly, even with the best, like I've talked about before, Sean Rossap is probably my favorite wrestling media guy because he doesn't like he doesn't <laughs> right. like to, he doesn't like to be called journalist. None of them do, which you know, I I agree. Oh, um, but he's probably my favorite. He's the one that has been right a lot more than sure. he's been wrong in a lot of these cases. And so even when like the stuff they come out with, I'm like, okay, I'm taking like ninety percent of it to believe, and the rest of them like, okay, we're gonna just see how this plays out. Sure, and that's kind of been the case with her, but. If it was just one thing, like one controversy case, then that's mm. one. But she's had like three or four. What else has happened with her? Do you, um, do you know? Obviously, her and Britt have had issues. Issues, right? Uh, she had issues with. Um, oh, I don't remember her name now, but she like no sold. Um, she was in like a rest hold. I forget who who it was. She was, was in like AEW. Yeah, NWA? it was AEW. It was during the pandemic era, though. She was in like a submission move, and she just was sitting like i am right now <laughs> she yeah. just she was just chilling um and then obviously there's one controversy where uh they claimed that she sandbagged tony storm oh that's right i remember that. all that so i uh, you know we're not wrestlers we don't we think we know what sandbagging is sometimes we do sometimes we know sure. um some people are just hard to lift up i think we uh, you know the one that always sticks in my mind is uh, when kevin nash tried to powerbomb big show and just sure. kind of dropped him on his head i don't know if that was sandbag or if you know Right. Big Show's a big dude, and he's hard to lift. Um, we're never going to know, but, sure. you know, I'm glad that Jamie Hayter is going to be called Women's Champion, and we're going to go from there. We're going to go from there to get the split between her and Britt, and yep. it's going to happen probably not sooner rather than later. But probably Revolution. Probably Revolution. Yeah, you're probably right. Because what's after Revolution? Double or nothing? Yep. So that would probably be the match at Double or nothing is. Right. Well, the split at Revolution. And yeah, probably. All right. Um, speaking of CCW guys, <laughs> man, AR Fox getting signed officially to AEW had a great match with Samoa Joe. Yep. Uh, if you guys don't know who AR Fox is, please go look up his stuff. I stumbled upon a match, an early match from like the mid 2010s with AR Fox and Brian Myers on an indie show before brian came back to wwe, WWE. the second time yeah so fantastic match i got to see ar fox work live against brian cage at a ccw show over the summer go check that match out no sorry spring um go check that match out because that match is incredible He's really good ar fox does something that ccw show like he jumps from the ring post over into the crowd and does this huge dive on brian cage something stupid yeah AR Fox is really good. Yeah. And and nobody really gets the like one like Samojo, the staple in Samojo matches is when somebody jumps to the top rope and tries to hit like a, a move on him. He just slowly walks away. Yep. They had that spot, but it was on the outside and he AR landed on his feet and then yep. hit a super kick. I was like, what? Yeah. Heck. <laughs> the dude is legit. He is smooth. I think AEW is the perfect place for him. Yeah, because for sure. he, for he, sure. he can wrestle this indie style that people fall in love with and yep. you know that at at the core aew diehards are independent wrestling marks yep. like all of it like me like, mm -hmm. like that's something that we love 
and he he fits that mold perfectly. So I'm I'm very excited to see what he's going to do while he's in AEW. He's really really good. Uh, gonna have some good stuff. Probably gonna be featured a lot on Dark and Rampage. But he yeah. is certainly a guy that you want to go out of your way to watch yeah. for sure. Um, coming back, we talked about Hangman coming back. We talked about um, House of Black coming back. Ruby Soho, yeah, making her return this past week close to her hometown in Indianapolis. She's been down for a while. Yeah, uh, nice to see her come back, getting her revenge on. Tay Ty Mello. Mm-hmm. What why did they change her name, by the way? Do you know? Okay. Probably not. Okay. Uh, I think I think probably when she turned heel, they just changed it. Okay. And, well, yeah. Dumb. Anyway, Ruby. Ruby's back. I'm coming back. I'm glad she's back. Uh she I mean, she's not going to she elevates the women's division as sure soon as she comes back. And now we got Soraya, we've got Britt, we've got Ruby. We've got Athena, who I, her heel stuff that she's been doing. She literally wrestled on Dark, I think it was, last week, and didn't even pop, bother to put a ring gear on because she knew she was going to murder the girl she got in the ring with. Like stuff like that. Yeah. Is like that's brilliant. Like she literally walked in, hit the girl, hit a finisher, walked out. Like right. Okay, cool. That things are really cool. Um, the women's division right now in AW is getting stronger and stronger. Yeah, it does. And it's it it's going it's heading in the right direction. Yep. Um, and you know, I'm, I'm excited to see what they're going to do. Then you got Jay Cargill who comes out in the office. She came in on Friday on Wednesday and she's going into a few with Bow Wow, which I love. I love that they're, they're mixing this thing with Bow Wow. And I'm so excited. I don't know where it's going to go. I just hope she beats the crap out of Bow Wow at some point. Bro, that segment got zero reaction. Oh, I know. From the fans. Like none. Like nobody popped when he went on the screen. Cause nope. they're probably too busy staring at Jade. I guess, whatever. Anyway, um, like people, I don't know how the, it. AEW fans probably don't care, but it's smart to get a casual fan in that sees. Sure Bow, they're like, oh, it's Bow Wow. Let's see what Bow Wow was doing right now. It's like when they were in Baltimore and Lamar Jackson showed up in the crowd and then went and talked about it in the press conference. Like they, if they want to start making moves and being bigger and bigger, yep. they got to start implementing some of these celebrities. Yep. Not necessarily to the extent that WWE has, but like a segment like this, a segment like Bow Wow, Rick Ross showing up in the backstage area was fantastic. Right. Like stuff like that, you you got to start implementing that more. For sure, you do. I mean, yeah, and I'm not taking anything away from him for doing that. I just it amazed me how flat this segment felt. Yeah, you know what yeah. I mean. Like I'm watching. It. I was watching it earlier this morning. Actually, I was like, nobody cares. <laughs> nobody cares about this. No. So it it was definitely an interesting segment. Um, I wasn't a huge fan of Jade's promo, but um, I don't know. I've I've never been nothing. Okay, let me rephrase. I haven't really understood the baddies like ever. So like, I don't know. It's just, yeah. just weird. Anywho, very interesting that that segment fell short. Ruby's back. Women's division growing stronger. Jamie Hader, probably the best overall in ring performer. That has been women's champion. I would put her above Britt as far as in ring, I think. Yeah. Um, I mean, Riho's really good in the ring. That's true. She's so small, though, but she can do stupid stuff. I That's, don't true. Get. That's true. Yeah, Rih- and Sheeta was good. Sheeta's good in the ring. Rih- Sheeta is good. I, th- I feel like people forget about Riho because she was the first. Yeah. And we haven't really seen her since. Yeah. And it was a long time ago now. Yeah. So. And the belt was so small. Nobody remembered that. It's true. That's very true. 
All right, let's talk about what else do we got going on. Oh, speaking of matches and in-ring ability, you can't not talk about Brian Danielson and Dax Harwood. Oh, my gosh. What a match. Wow. <laughs> it's literally like a wrestling purist dream come true in those two. Like, Finn Balor and AJ Styles at Survivor Series, is, this is on the same level of that. Of Like, you just know the wrestling is going to be off the chain. Spoiler alert for our episode next or two weeks, our AEW year interview. Is Dax Harwood going to be your wrestler of the year? Is it going to be really close? It's going to be very close. Okay. Uh, he's, he's, he's in contention he's for sure. He's top three. He's in contention right for sure. Yeah, 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 yep. yeah, yeah. He's definitely the most underrated. Oh, in my hands opinion. down. Yeah, yeah, or like the the one that like at the beginning of the year, if you'd have said Dax Harwood had the best wrestling like year, I'd have been like, eh, maybe. But you know, right? I'll say this: my wrestlers of the year on both WWE and AEW are going to be people that I never thought right. I would have said at the beginning of the year. For sure. Oh yeah. So I, I know where you're going. For sure. So I get that. Yeah, uh, he's he's absolutely up there. And then like we're talking about Dax, we're putting Dax over. Dax has been great all year long. Let's not. Snub our nose at Brian Danielson. I mean, the dude is like <laughs> if it, it feels like and it, it, I, let me say what I'm gonna say first and then let me backtrack. Okay. It feels like he's had just a regular year, but then you go back and look at the mattress he's had, and it's like, oh yeah, he put on a classic with Paige, like two classics with Paige and two classics with Omega. And uh he put on a decent match with Jericho, which in this day and age is not the easiest right. thing to do. Right. Um, he had a match with uh, Moxley yep. that was fantastic. A mm-hmm. max match with uh, Garcia that was <laughs> ridiculous. Like, and then you look back and it's like, man, this dude is so good that yep. we're just like, okay, yeah, he had a great match. What's new? Like, it, it's exactly, just, it's, it's what he does. It's ridiculous. It's what he does. He honestly, like, from an in-ring work, I'm not saying like all the other stuff. From an in-ring work, it's very, it's getting very hard to deny. He, that he's the great he's i think he's the greatest of our generation like of this generation in mm. ring if not one of the best of all time he's certainly one of, yeah he's one of the best of all time i don't know that he's it's like you don't have a you don't have yeah. a fantastic match with brock lesnar unless you're aj styles or brian danielson at that size That's like true. finn balor had a good match with with brock that aj and danielson one were ridiculous he yeah. was the only one and I'm a Fiend fan. Everybody knows this. He was the only one that had a good match with the Fiend. That's true. Like a great, like a really good strap match with the Fiend. Sure. And strap matches are impossible to have good. Right. So like, he's just, he can wrestle with any style. Yep. And it looks like it's just fluid every sure single does. time. Sure does. He's ridiculous. Yes. Definitely one of the yes. best of, one of the best of our generation for sure. One of the best of all time. Yep. Definitely. All right. Um, one more thing I have in my notes here is that we didn't mention this at full gear and I meant to, but we did not because we were trying to preview survivor series at the same There's time. There's a lot going on. There's a lot going on, <laughs> but what do you think about AEW starting to refer to jungle boy as Jack Perry? Like, how does that sit with you? Are you okay? Is it weird? I'm okay with it because of the fact that I, I only think of Jungle Boy when I think of Jurassic Express together. Mm, so I think with him not sense. being with Luchasaurus, it makes sense for him to go as Jack Perry more than Jungle Boy. I think if they when they come back together, he'll start going more as Jungle Boy because it fits the role. It fits the gimmick. But right now, 
you know, I feel like Jack Perry fits him better because mm-hmm. I feel like he is starting to try to lose, not lose the Jungle Boy sure. thing, but it's a great independent wrestling gimmick. But now when you're on AEW TV, you want to be a Kenny Omega, Brian Danielson, especially Chris if Jericho. you're considered a pillar of the company. Exactly. Right. So you want to be somebody. And I think that makes sense for him to go to Jack Perry. It makes sense. I, I hadn't even thought of that. That makes a lot of sense. I'm sure that JR had a lot to do with that. Probably with him saying Jack Perry on commentary all the time. Probably. And then he's always pushed for stuff like that. Gotta be real. Yeah. Gotta, gotta know the real people. Yeah. Gotta be real. Now JR is. All right. That covers everything that uh that I had written down. Anything that we missed, man, over the last couple of weeks of AEW. Again, a lot has happened. Uh, we didn't even talk about the tag champs acclaimed. Um, we've seen some beef with Swerve in our glory. Uh, hopefully we'll we'll see what's going on with that. Jeff Jarrett is wrestling tonight on Rampage. If you're listening to this on a Friday, Jeff Jarrett's wrestling in a tag match tonight. Anything else that we missed? Uh, I think tonight as well. Um, it's either tonight or next week that the acclaimed are going to announce their next opponent for the tonight tag champ tag team championships. I don't know who they're going to announce. If it's, I hope it's FTR. I think acclaimed and FTR would be really good, really interesting. Um, but I also think you could throw in there like a, a Jeff Jarrett and Jay Lethal. Mm-hmm. But it may be it may be too soon to to pull the trigger on that. Um, but I'm, I'm excited to see who they're going to be. It, the crazy thing is like. These tags we we talked about like this year doesn't feel like as big of a year for the tag team division. Right. Then you go back and look at the tag match and you're like, man, they like the matches are good. Yep. Like the matches are really good, no matter who is fighting for the championship. Sure. The matches are really good. So I'm excited to see who they're gonna who's gonna challenge for those titles. It will certainly be interesting. I think it makes a lot of sense to do Lethal and Jarrett, especially if they're on the same show. Yeah. They're already advertised. I mean, not that they're gonna wrestle, but like go ahead and yep. announce them as the next challengers. That's fine. Um, yeah, I don't know. You get the Bucks that are tied up with the trios titles and Death Triangle as well. Um, House of Black is going to do their own thing. House of Black is doing their own thing. FTR is really the only ones. I'm I'm sure they'll pull out a tag team. I'm not saying they'll announce them like this time. I think they'll pull out a tag team that we're not really expecting. Not that it's a surprise. Butcher and the Blade. But yeah, something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah no. because they seem to do that. They being AEW seem to do that a lot to get us invested in other tag teams. That's, you know, how we got to the acclaim because they got booed out of the building not long ago. (laughs) And that the biggest one, the biggest thing, if not the biggest thing on dynamite every week. Exactly. So, so it'll be interesting to see uh, who the next challenger. And also I want to thing to bring up, because I don't know if you saw this or not, but on rampage last week, dark order is falling apart completely. Yeah, absolutely. The Tim way, taking off his the mask. The way that happened. Yeah. That was legit. Like that was a great way for that to happen. So the match was Silver and Tim. No, he came out to make the Oh, save. that's right. That's right. It was Silver and I forget the other dude's name. Um Alex Reynolds? Yes. I think it was those two. We're in a tag match against Roosh and somebody else. I don't remember who the other guy was. Bandito? No, because Bandito's the face. Oh, that's right. That's um, right. I get these guys mixed up. And Andrade just had surgery, so when Andrade. Uh, anyways, doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Um, they're starting to beat down on Evil Uno. Ten comes out to make the save, and then just turns on the Dark Order, takes the mask off, and the thing like that would have been great on its own. And then walking up and throwing it at the feet of Brody Lee's son. Oh my gosh! Like that was just was wild. crazy. 
Like that was not, it was random, but it was like the perfect random of sure. like nobody expected it. And the way they executed, we talk about AW production all the time. The shot of ten, of negative one on his knees, basically in tears, holding the mask and 10 behind him, throwing up the, the, whatever the Andrade symbol is or whatever. Like that was crazy. As good as that was. And as impactful as that was, I wonder why they didn't put that on dynamite. Like why put that on rampage? I think to get people to start watching rampage. I mean, if you're, you, if they're going to start doing some more stuff like that, you got to start tuning into rampage. And they didn't even, but they didn't even reference it on dynamite either. Did they, or did I miss that? I think they did, but I don't remember. I, it was at some point Excalibur did. Like, to me, it would have been like, if that's such an impactful moment, you want as many eyes on it as yeah. possible. And I get you're trying to drive people yeah. on a rampage, but at the same time, it's like, man, like, you got to maximize the situation yeah. and maximize the capabilities of what you've got going on. Yeah, because, like, I was, we were traveling back from Buffalo mm-hmm. after Thanksgiving, where I was in the hotel room. And like, I was just scrolling through Twitter because it was like midnight when we got there. So I missed Dynam- I missed Rampage and I missed SmackDown. So right. I was like trying to catch up. And I saw that and I was like, that's that's savage. Like yep. that is that might be the one of the most savage turns in AEW history. Sure it is. Right there. Cause I don't know of any other one that would get that much emotion from like because the fans were shocked. Like they were, they were, they had no words. They didn't even boo. They were just kind of like, what is happening right now? Right. Yeah, that's wild. That's so wild. I'm glad you brought that up. Uh, good job on AEW and their execution. I don't give props to their production team enough. So, good job. When they when they miss a lot, but when they get stuff right, they they get like the some of the stuff they shoot at times is really really good. Sure. And then you get a Samojo turn on Wardlow. We're like, you missed it. How do you miss it? Makes no sense. All right, I think that's gonna do it for this week's episode. Good stuff. Um, hopefully, everybody is caught up on everything AEW, and of course, WWE will will jump back on the WWE train next week for our year end awards. And I'll go ahead and tell everybody right now while they are, um, so you can prepare yourself for what's going on. We are looking at the male wrestler of the year, the female wrestler of the year, tag team of the year. Match of the year, moment of the year, overall pay-per-view of the year, and feud of the year. So that is seven categories we will talk about for WWE next week. We will talk about those same seven categories for AEW the following week. And cross your fingers, hopefully we will have a special guest yep. for next week as well. And we're going to try to have like two answers for each one just so we don't say the same so that just that our list isn't the same. Well, we will we'll acknowledge the fact that hey, like this guy is clearly yeah. like yeah. the best or whatever. Like, yeah. there's no denying that this person or this was the match or of the this year. is the match or whatever. But then let's also look at this. Yeah, exactly yeah. for sure. So we're gonna try to make it as conversational as possible. But y'all listen to us enough to know that we're we're gonna agree on a lot of them. But we're gonna have conversations. I think we're gonna agree on a lot of the WWE ones. I think AEW is the one we're gonna disagree on. (laughs) One hundred percent. We're not. I I would venture to say we might not agree on any of them. Probably, I'd say so. Maybe the feud. Maybe the feud. Maybe the feud, and maybe the rest. And maybe the moment. Yeah, maybe the moment. Maybe the moment. Yeah, for sure. So we'll. uh, It'll be fun. It'll be interesting. So check it out. Uh, again, follow us on social media at PBW Podcast uh, so that we can keep you updated on what is happening and how it's happening and all that because we may have some tweaks to that too. 
still working on it. But next week, and then the week after, and then season three is over. We're going to take a holiday break. We'll be back after Christmas on January 6th with current products. So make sure that you're following us again at PBW Podcast. Andy is at Andy underscore PBWB. I am at Chris 24 Subscribe wherever you find your podcast and on the Body Sun YouTube channel. For Mr. Andy York, my name is Chris Crawford. Thanks for hanging with us on this edition of Live on Wrestling Podcast. We'll catch you guys. Bye.